I'm surprised you're already tired. I thought I was the tired one. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, just that, I don't know, as I get older, I think I'm more of a morning person than a night owl. That's what it's called. I'm neither. <laughs> you just enjoy sleep. But yes. th- th- yeah, but you have to wake up multiple times a night. So true. Yeah, you're in a little different stage of life. And that's okay. All right, so the big two two. Oh, is that what episode we're on? Yep. Mm. Double twos. Two squared. Not really, that's four. <laughs> double your pleasure, double your fun. Double mint, double mint, double mint. Gum. <laughs> Right? Something like that? I don't know. I don't it's remember. been way too long. I, I'm uh, sure the my melody was off. I don't know. And they redid the jingle, didn't they? I don't know. They used the same. I, I just remember the commercial from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. But I haven't seen a double mint gum commercials probably since the 90s. So yeah. I don't know if they've uh, changed. It. No, I saw one. I mean, it was still probably years ago, but it was... More recent than the 90s. And yeah, I want to say that they changed the jingle. Doesn't matter. We could clear that up with a quick like YouTube and or Google search and have the answer. But um, so all you guys listening, searching right now. No, we don't have one of those. Hey, NSA. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not paranoid. Of course not. Always listening. I'm not paranoid of people listening. I know people are listening. Because that's okay. why we're doing this. Oh, yeah. That too. Ha. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, my eyes are so itchy right now. Uh-oh. Itchy eyes. Is that side effect of medication? What? No, that's like the best kind of side effect. You know those medications that have like 50 different disclaimers on the commercials. <laughs> what you made you think about that? Itchy Anyways, eyes, no, watery nose. Allergies. If, you're ble- if your yeah, bowels are bleeding, if your guts are leaking out of your elbow. If you're dying. Basically. For more than four hours at a time, go see a doctor. Um, anyways, there was uh, an update actually after last week's episode I went and listened to some podcasts. I listened to Doctrine and Devotion, and they had an episode about the whole like John Piper controversy yeah. that you'd brought up last week. Mm-hmm. And this is probably me being prideful, but they said a lot of the same things that we said, <laughs> which I was like, that's cool. My head is on straight. I, I was thinking clearly. But um, it was a good resource. Of course, they said it more concise and I think clearer yeah, than I did. Yeah, I had listened to it before we recorded Oh, that. really? Yeah. Oh, That's okay. why when I mentioned I, I had listened to podcasts that had, talk about, had talked about it, that's one of the podcasts that I listened to that had talked about it. Gotcha. Gotcha. But they did actually reference what he was talking about. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and their and their take on it and like, yeah. I think we would agree with what they said is that um, it depends on what John Piper's assumption of what seminary is. So 
that's where we differ. Not necessarily. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, go check it out. It, it was it was good if you want a little bit more um clarification on that subject. Thought it was pretty cool. And it's short too. It was like twenty minutes. It's a nice little nugget for your ear holes. Yeah, their their episodes are usually pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. In comparison to our podcast anyways. What? That's crazy. Of course they do like they do two a week, sometimes three yeah. a week, sometimes video content as well. So they're like, I don't know. Yeah, and they do a lot. Yeah, yeah. And they have like very specific topics that they want to hit. I, I, man, I feel like I would just crash and burn if I had to do like three different topics a week, <laughs> 20 minutes. So like, you know, you have to like research it a bit or. Well, I'm pretty sure they also like set out days that they record mm-hmm. and they record like multiple episodes at the same time and then just sort of like space them out yeah but it still takes work on the back end yeah definitely so that's just crazy i'm just saying they're a lot more organized than we are <laughs> yes much more organized yeah but we did actually have a topic today we do it didn't uh we actually planned it out in advance. What? And it wasn't just like this You morning. actually came up with the topic this time. Yeah. I'm usually the one thinking up the topics. but Yeah. Topical treatment for today. <laughs> Anyways, um, I saw a couple movies this week, which is pretty cool. What did you see? I saw Get Out. Finally. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that one was. It was good. It was not what I expected it to be. I thought it was gonna be. Uh, I'd heard that it was like a thriller, but that it um, had a lot to say about racism, and so I thought it was gonna be like a the thriller horror movie. That the twist at the very end was that oh, they're just a bunch of racists, you know, something crazy like that. Um, so that's kind of what I went in expecting and it was not that it was much more of a horror movie. Like it started out and you're uneasy and it just gets worse (laughs) until the end. Uh, yeah, it all just goes downhill. Um, and yeah, in terms of horror and the racism elements, were a lot more nuanced than I thought. It wasn't like a bunch of people, you know, in KKK outfits with shotguns. Like, it it was not that at all. It was more of the type of racism that just, like, doesn't know how to interact with someone different than you. And so it makes things very weird, especially when you find out what's going on. But yeah. So that was pretty good. I also saw a movie called Hostels, which was really good. It was way better than I thought it would be. It was a Western starring Christian Bale. And um, yeah, it was really good. I'll probably wait till it comes out in Redbox so that we can see it together. Or maybe like Netflix or something like that. Because I, <laughs> I was going to say, I think you'd like it. But I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I want you to watch it why because i think it 
it was very effective in some of the things that it was trying to do. Um, it was a very emotional movie, which I was not expecting at all from a Western. What is it about? It is. Um, so the premise is basically like this. Um, I've never heard of it, so I don't know. Yeah. it's Well, like I said, it's a Western. Okay. Christian Bale is, um, oh gosh, I don't know his position, but he, um, not not a sheriff, but he's like, like a, a deputy or something. No, he's not necessarily like he's stationed in this town, but like because people move around, it's not. Anyways, he is told by his commanding officer that he needs to escort this um, this prisoner who uh, this Indian chief who's a prisoner, him and his son. So he's like a bodyguard, sort of. Yes. Except that they talk about how he has seen multiple like battles with Indians and he has seen how savage Indians are. Okay. And this one in particular, he has watched him like kill his friends. So he Oh, he the is chief, already, the Indian chief right. that he's transporting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But they're like the Indian chief has been in, locked up in jail for like seven years. He has cancer, so he's about to die. So um he requested to go back to his like land or whatever in montana and uh the yeah he christian bale is commanded to do it he really does not want to do it because he's seen how brutal this guy is um and like most of his career has been um fighting against indians so it's like well and you're like pretty much risking your life taking this guy back when there's a big possibility that they might kill you when you go there. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, he gets, it's not just him alone. Like he picks like six other dudes to go with him okay. for this transport. So that's the basic premise, but you meet up with a bunch of different characters. And I think that's actually the best part of the movie. Like the plot of the movie is really simple. Like get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was listening to someone talk about it and, and they used the word that they said that it felt episodic. And I agree because it's much more about the characters than it is about the overall story because you see the different characters and what the like wars that they have been in have done to them. And so uh, you see how angry Christian Bale is, you know, you see how, um, and, and how he justifies like, even the killing that he's done because that's his job. Um, And then uh, you end up, you know, also kind of sympathizing a bit with the Indians as well of like, you know, these uh, British people are not British people, but Americans have, uh, you know, taken their land and and mistreated them. Yeah. So uh, you get these different elements, uh, other soldiers, who um, regret their actions and or do not regret their actions and go further than the law. And so, like all these different elements, um, it's it's done really well. And then there's another character that I don't necessarily want to go into because her character is um, the most tragic character in the movie that um, really hit home with me. The performances in the movie are awesome. Like Christian Bale is great. And she's someone's daughter. 
the uh, I'm I'm just I don't want to go into I really don't want to spoil anything because it's that's the only way I can see you really getting emotional something is if like I don't know you relating to it somehow and if she's someone's daughter I mean yeah something you definitely happens have to, to her to and you see like her father's reaction and you're like relating to that and how you would react if something happened to your daughter and then you're like oh my gosh my baby. So again, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> because I want to I want you to see it without without spoiling anything. But I'll just say her character So you just want me to cry basically. I mean, you're going to cry <laughs> whether you know that it's coming or not. Um but uh the 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 woman who plays her is is named Rosamund Pike. She was the main actress in Gone Girl. If you've seen Gone Girl. And I have her um, performance Don't in that movie really was awesome. Really, want to see it ever again? No, because she was a freaking psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, very well done movie. Exactly. Uh, acting was superb, but exactly, I, it's just too much. I just can't watch it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, th- she. She is just a great actress because she was great in Gone Girl. And she is great in this movie as well. You really feel what she's feeling. So, anyways, got uh, a little crush. I was what? No, <laughs> no, not not at all. Actually, that yeah, no, this it's totally different. Again, I don't want to go into why. Um, I will just say that from the very first scene of the movie, the movie hits the ground running. I'm gonna Google it. What? <laughs> You're going to give it away. You should not Google it. Oh, That's what I'm internet. saying. You should not. Anyway, so Hostels. Yeah, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. It had it had some flaws, but I was very surprised. Anyways. Because had you ever even heard of it? I had heard of it. Like, I had seen the poster. Because I check periodically what movies are in the theaters just because I have movie pass. So it's like, oh, yeah. if I want to go see something, I can probably make time for it. Not with your wife, and though. And so, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> see, that kind of making time requires many more steps of securing a babysitter and making sure that we don't have anything going on and... So, um, so I had heard of it and then even just the, just those two people, the, the third person is the Indian chief. He's played by a guy called Wes Studi. I didn't know anything else. Like I didn't recognize he, he just looks like an older Indian man. Um, and I mean, he, he has good performance in this movie, but he also like doesn't speak English. So like he's, he's very stoic for the most part. Um, but anyways, Christian Bale, Rosamund Pike, uh, and Christian Bale has this awesome like tombstone mustache <laughs> through the whole movie. It's intense. You know, he was he was really good in Three Ten to Yuma. Um, but yeah, in this one, like his his facial hair is intense. Who was he in that? It, well, he was the, the main guy. Because wasn't it like him and his son? I thought. Am I getting it confused? I thought, was it, I thought, was that Russell, I thought that was Russell Crowe. Wasn't he in there? Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Russell Crowe. You're right. I'm looking it up. Hurry up, IMDb. Both of them. 
Okay, they're both in it. It's okay. both of them. See? See the, the box art? It's okay. literally, it literally has a picture of Russell Crowe and a picture of Christian Bale. Yeah, because I, I knew we I'd seen him in a Western right. before. You're right. Yes, yes, we were both right. Um, Yeah, so I knew he could play a, the part in the Western. And, I mean, I just think Christian Bale's a really good actor in general, but that's just me. Um, yeah, he's a method actor for sure. Oof, yeah. Yeah, and in this one, he yeah, he's very, like, hardened by the stuff that he has done. And he has seen, and um, yeah, it's really good. I, I could go into more things, but I don't want to spoil anything. So there there's language, but there's no, like, no sexual content. Oh, this guy was in um, the Indian chief dude. He was in, um, oh, why... The last of the Mohicans. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty oh, positive. Wow. That was quite a while ago. Because he looks very familiar. I'm pretty sure. Apparently, he was also in Street Fighter. Yeah, last of the Mohicans. Yep, he was in He it. played Sagat in the Street Fighter movie. I've never seen that, so sorry. Oh, it's awesome. I need to show it to you. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yep, Street Fighter. Is Guile. And the movie is like all about Guile. Uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm bad sorry I just wanted to look that up because I I wanted to see Christian Bale's mustache so isn't looked, it awesome I looked it up on IMDB isn't it great and then I saw the picture of the the guy who plays the oh, Indian dude. chief and, Wes so his mustache like almost completely consumes his lips it's like his bottom that bottom half of his face yeah for sure pretty sick yeah i wish i could grow a mustache like that kudos christian bale you can grow a nice mustache yeah and then immediately after this movie because uh, i watched an interview with him talking about it he gained a bunch of weight so that he could play dick cheney in a movie about dick cheney just like dang this guy is crazy dude i know this sounds terrible but he's probably gonna die young because of how much he just like fluctuates his weight well, actually, in this interview that I, I watched with him, he talked about how before when he needed to gain weight for a role, he would just eat whatever he wanted, like just eat a bunch of junk. And he said that this time around, for the first time in his life, now he he's hired actually healthy about it. Yeah, because he said, you know, he's in his mid 40s and he can't do what he used to do. He's actually thinking of the future now <laughs> is basically what he said. Like he can't just... Yeah, yeah, he said that he would just drink whiskey and eat pie uh, <laughs> to gain weight, but now he's oh like, I, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, that's a great way to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. But. Whew. Yeah. Anyways, so, how's that for small talk? Yeah, movies. I enjoy them when they're good. When I can good see them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the last movie that I watched. Like the most recent movie that has come out that I've watched. But I'm, I think it was the... um. Thor? No. No. The... Uh, uh, 
was based on that book with the Tommy Wiseau dude. Oh, yeah, the disaster artist. There you go. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the last movie I saw. That's right. We went out theaters. and saw that. Yeah. That was fun. I like that movie. It was funny. So, All talk right. to me. Got anything else? Okay. Well, cool. So, um, the main topic that I wanted to talk about this week was, is currently, right now, kids. I know we've talked about children before. Um, what about kids? Well, it's it, particularly I wanted to talk about how we view children biblically. Ooh, triggered. Oh, no. Hashtag <laughs> ah, triggered, not children. They ruin my life. <laughs> Um, yeah, and actually that's kind of what I wanted to go into is <laughs> simply because, uh, yeah, having a biblical worldview of kids, of children, um, because like on a personal level, um, I'm not sure that I have viewed kids the proper way. Now that I have children, it's a lot easier to like see, um, what God says about them. <laughs> Whereas it wasn't, you know, that big of a deal beforehand to me. Um, but so let me give you some backstory is that I started reading this book called The Accidental Feminist by, um, what's her name? Courtney Rysick, I think is her name, if I remember correctly. Let me check my notes for the episode, but I do believe that that's what it was. Um, yeah, Courtney Rysick. And the book is about how feminism has affected our culture, basically. So she goes into kind of, um, uh, I mean, it's it's all centered around the effects of feminism, but it's about biblical womanhood as well. Um, I had actually started reading the book because of an episode of Doctrine and Devotion. Uh, I guess I listen to that podcast a lot, uh, where they <laughs> where they talk to Courtney, and they talked about her book and so i was just like hey i mean i just read pride and prejudice why don't i read a book about women <laughs> uh no okay. that's not really my my thought process but um i i i thought that would be an interesting um thing to to seek out and they had the audiobook so i started listening to it and uh yeah one of the things that she talks about in the book are kids and um, so because the book is kind of framed around how feminism has affected our culture, um, it, it kind of struck me how, I guess how, yeah, how it, that had kind of rung true in my own life and in my own view of kids and how um, like because feminism tells women that they ought to be able to do absolutely everything that men can do right um so that even even something like sex they should view sex the same way that men view sex like the default view of women should be the exact same uh, which i would argue is biologically impossible <laughs> but um you know uh, but, but that's kind of the the overarching um ideal of what feminism teaches now i i don't mean to just simply bash feminism i'd say 
you know, read the book. It has a lot to say about it. It, it. The book even says multiple times, like there are good things that have come out of, um, out of feminism, you know, there are out of the movements. Yeah. 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 Because women have been oppressed. Like we're not trying to argue that they haven't just that it also ha- brought with it a lot of baggage. And obviously it's morphed into a monster. I think modern day feminism is stupid. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> it's awful. It's not biblical whatsoever. So, you know, you know much more about feminism than I do. I, I don't, I have not read as many books as you have on this topic. Um, and I, I don't even necessarily want today to be about feminism. If we want to do a feminism episode, we can uh, look into that <laughs> if we really want to trigger everyone. Um, but yeah, so how this views, excuse me, how this changes your view of children because, um, uh, excuse me, if, if the woman's view of sex should be like the man's, then a woman ought to be able to, again, this is, this is kind of the world view. This is not something that, uh, is good by any means. It is not biblical. Um, but the woman should be able to have uh, consequence-free sex as well, you know, just like men have consequence-free sex. Again, I'd argue there's a lot that ha- there's a lot more that happens in sex than just the physical act. Uh, but yes. that's that's a whole other topic. Um, so something that came out of that um, is uh, contraception and contraceptives. That's what I meant to say, not contraception, because uh, it's a whole other topic um contraceptives and what that has done to our landscape to the to the world that we live in so that the world that i was brought up in when i became an adult and when we got married was a world in which i would say that it's assumed that most women are on the pill kind of in general um, it's a world yeah, where, uh, I mean, it's, I think uh, most women would say that it's a right that the state should be providing you, uh, so, Samantha's eyes just Sorry, rolled into the back of her head. hear my eye roll. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there we go. Thanks feminism. Um, but no, I'm sorry. And this affects the way that we view children. I've said that like six times now. Okay, now I'm actually going to explain what I mean by that. Is that for most of human history, children were inevitable from the marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it there was we are in a very unprecedented time where we can decide when and if we want children while still i'm just i'm going to be explicit here while still having sex while still having regular sex yeah as a married couple um that is something don't make it taboo right no i'm not trying to make it taboo i'm just i don't know i guess everyone who listens knows we talk about sex and it's just what happens okay (laughs) you're right you're right i apologize um but it's it's also something that needs to be I, I think when you notice it, it's it's kind of surprising. Like I just assume that as well. For instance, like even before we were married, when we talked about kids, like I remember us having a conversation before we were even dating each other, which is weird to think about. 
um, saying that like when we ever got married to, you know, whoever it was <laughs> at the time, um, that we thought it would be a good idea to wait a couple years so that you can get to know your spouse before jumping into having kids. Even that idea, like when I said that at 18, 19, whatever, um, even that idea is so foreign to the idea of the family through most of human history. Yeah. Like, obviously, there are other things that you can do to prevent getting pregnant while having sex. But is without it is something taking birth control, yeah. Right, without birth control. But it is something that you that is unnatural, I will say. I yeah. don't want to spell out everything, but just that you are basically stopping things from happening <laughs> while yeah. having sex. Um and and so like obviously there there are things you do that way. Um, there's natural family planning, mm-hmm. but even both of those methods are uh, one they not foolproof. Right, they're not foolproof at all. <laughs> like it still happens. You're still um, there's not the assumption that you will not have a baby. Right. You know, like nowadays. I mean, that's why abortion's so rampant, right? Is because people nowadays don't even think about children when they're having sex. No. Which is again throughout it's an inconvenience. all of human history, this has not been uh, this is completely uh <laughs> it's a very radical time that we live in nowadays that children are an option to us. They're not naturally assumed. They're not an inevitability between a married couple. Right. So um, that's kind of the backdrop of what I wanted to talk about. Again, because um, I think it's even in my own experience, I've had to change the way that I view children Um, because there was just that assumption that I get to decide when I'm ready to have children. Um, But if you look at scripture and you see what it, has to say about scripture. I, I'd say there there are two kind of main things that scripture says about kids. Um, I'm sure if you studied this, autonomous I'm view of yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because you get to decide, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like marriage is about you and your spouse. Not. I mean, it is. Ah, gosh, I don't. I don't mean to to run around in circles. Well, but here. in scripture, like it's assumed that ch- children come with marriage. That was one of my points. Okay. I was going to say you're exactly like that was literally the next I was going to say the two main points. That was number 2. <laughs> you're on it. The first main point was that I was going to say is that the scripture views children as a blessing. Yes. So as Christians, we ought to also yeah. if we want to have God's view of children if also we want to look at scripture, view them as a blessing. Psalm 127 verse three, verses three through five says, children are a heritage from the Lord offspring, a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. There you go. There you go. So scripture sees them as a blessing. I mean, it's it's um, it does not beat around the bush about that. 
yeah. is very well, explicit. and not just like, just like, oh, I have a child, they're a blessing, but like specifically, a blessing from the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Like God intentionally gave you a child to bless you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, so so that's the first thing, actually, before I go there. And the second thing is what you said earlier, is that the scripture assumes that married people have children. It's not even, it's not even a question. It's not like the modern idea, idea of, oh, well, you know, after 15 years, Jacob decided to have a child with Rachel. <laughs> no. Right. You know, it's, it's. Yeah. Pretty it's, soon after yeah. marriage. Well, if they weren't having the a thing. child, it's because they were barren. They were barren. And that yeah. was a. Very looked down upon in society. Yeah. Um, not that it should be. We're definitely not saying that barrenness should be looked down upon. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it Don't just, take it that way, please. Yeah. And well, it, so I'm going to come full circle. Yes. Completely agree with you. Uh, that's That's kind of the next part. So this is, I'm, I'm trying to set up a biblical worldview. Right. There are specific cases that we need to look into next, like application of that worldview. Yeah. So please don't stop right now and jump to conclusions and say that we're saying, oh, you should have 12 kids and, you know, just keep having sex and as many babies that you, <laughs> as God gives you, you just keep having them and keep popping them out and that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying biblically, children are a blessing. That, yes. that should be the bedrock. Um, they're a blessing, and um, and it it is assumed that married people will have children. Yes. So this combats our current ideas in culture of a we decide when we have kids, um, and we can put that off. Excuse me. I, I do, so this is one of the application points, is that I, I do think there are legitimate reasons to not have kids in a married right. relationship for a time. Um, but I think that those reasons have to be a lot stronger than some of the things that we just kind of assume. Right. Um, so I understand if you're preparing to to be a missionary in a hostile country why you would not want to have young children when you go into the mission field does that make sense yeah, like i think definitely. that's legitimate if you're if you're living paycheck to paycheck and barely being able to get by with just you and your wife or you and your spouse excuse me um i th i think that's a legitimate reason if mm -hmm. you know um, if you're, I'm trying to think of something like if you're disabled and you need, um, like to be cared for, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, all I'm saying is that I think there are legitimate reasons why you would not want to have you, why you would want to put off having children. Right. But I think the question should not be if, when should we have children? But the question should be, what is stopping us from having children right now. Right. Because the because I think the biblical worldview is children happen out of marriage and right. children are a blessing. They should happen out of marriage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh and again, I, I know I've already said this a couple times. 
the reason I wanted to kind of hit this, try and hit this home is because this is not how I viewed children, you know, until, you know, a year or two before we had our, our kids. I did Mm -hmm. not go into marriage thinking this way. I went into marriage thinking, you know, we can wait and that's okay. Yeah. Not for any like real big reason. Just like, oh man, I don't feel like I'm ready. I'm only 21 years old. I, I don't think that I'm ready. Yeah. And I was sort of on the opposite side of that. Just yeah. like, give me all the babies. Mm-hmm. I want the babies. Yeah. You came down with that bug. Like yeah. Six months after we got married. <laughs> yeah. That was, and it was, it was a big, uh, gosh, I mean, probably, probably like every, like twice a year we would have long conversations like at 3 a.m <laughs> me being in tears how much yeah why won't you give me a child me just being frustrated of like i don't think i can do this like i need to be ready for it yeah yeah so that was a fun part of marriage <laughs> um, which you're never ready for children right yeah i mean practical tip real talk real talk i mean were you were you ready for marriage no 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 of course you weren't so you are going to be as ready to have kids as you were i had a tiny glimpse of what i was getting myself into yeah but no like i wasn't same thing completely ready yeah you read books you prepare but you don't know what it's gonna be like (laughs) (laughs) you don't really you're not ready you know, um, I think to a lesser degree, I think that also has to do with money as well. It's like, are you going to have enough money to provide? Well, you need to, to realize that provision does not mean uh, your current standard of living. You know, provision means being able to keep them alive. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Again, I'm not advocating for everyone should have 10 kids. Uh, no, I, I understand like it is between you and your spouse and God, um, how many children you decide to have. I'm just saying that we as Christians ought to be asking the question of what is keeping us from having mm-hmm. children right now, uh, more children, whatever the question may be. I think that is the way that we ought to look at it because we ought to assume like the Bible does that uh, uh, children come forth out of a marriage because the Bible also assumes married people have sex. So naturally children come from that. <laughs> um, so some of the, you, you mentioned it earlier is that um, I do want to be very sensitive and I hope that I haven't, um, you know, stepped on any toes for anyone who wants children and are unable to have children. Um, that situation, gosh, I'm dead. It's I'm not even sure that it's I have the words. incredibly hard. I, I can't imagine having to go through that. Um, it is a result of the fall. Yeah. But also just because you may not be able to biologically bear children 
doesn't mean that you can't raise up children in the Lord. Right. Right. There are other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether through, I don't know, fostering or adopting or just being really involved in at church with the children, you know, mm-hmm. teaching them. Yeah. Or, or befriending, um, you know, couples with children. Right. Or finding a way. Yeah, there there are multiple avenues in which you can still, um, and and this the the book talks about it a lot because it talks about the relationship of of womanhood and motherhood. Um, there are still ways that you can be a mother as a woman, even if you are unable to have biological children. Right. Um, there are ways to fulfill that, and that's the beauty of the church, right? That's the beauty of the community that God has called you to be a part of is that you're still able to fulfill your gifts, even if it's not in the ways that we would want. Um, yeah, I, I just hope that nothing that I have said has brought any, um, yeah, basically I just, I just hope I'm not like pressing on a wound, if that makes any sense. Um, and making it more difficult because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying, oh, you, you know, you ought to have children. Um, no, I, I think that's a specific circumstance in which God is revealing his will for you um, in a way that, again, in a way that we don't want, <laughs> you know, as God does, um, because he's sovereign and because he knows what we don't. Right. You know, um, I don't know that, that pain firsthand, but certainly God has taken me through things that I wish that he had. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, we talked about my younger brother dying. Um, you know, that's something I wish didn't happen, but something that, um, has changed me and affected me. Uh, again, I wish that it hadn't, um, but God in his sovereignty still knows what he's doing, even when we can't see what that is. So please don't hear um, uh, the, the, don't, yeah, don't feel any, any shame. Don't feel any um, hurt or pain from what we're talking about. Um, what I would just encourage is that we do have a biblical view of what children are um, to you as a person, to you as a spouse, to you as um, a member of the body of Christ as well. Um, The other group of people that I would want to address are the people that I have heard that, um, that say that they don't like children in general. Um, You know, you don't want to have any kids of your own, or you don't, you can't stand children for one reason or another. Um, and that's another reason why I wanted to talk about this today is that sometimes it's difficult when we see in scripture something that blatantly contradicts the way that we feel like we're wired and the way that we view things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not encouraging someone in a marriage uh who doesn't like kids to immediately start having kids. I wouldn't say that, but I do think you ought to study what the Bible says about 
children and and pray to God to give you a heart for children. Yeah. That 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 you would have the same outlook as as God does on children. Yes. Um so that yeah, so you can be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I think there's an analogy of like even even how we view the world, how we view people in the world. I've joked before multiple times, I don't like people. You know, <laughs> people are idiots. Um, and part of that is sinfulness. I'm sorry. Yes. I almost quoted it and I yes. was like, wait, I can't that's say exactly, that. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually what I'm referring to is a clip of the IT crowd um, talking about people. If you know what we're talking about, you know. Um, and it's really funny. <laughs> But I think there's there's a, a sinfulness in that as well of not viewing people the way that God views people. Um, you know, the Bible says that the, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. And if you're viewing the harvest as uh, just rotten, you're never going to go and um, get a scythe and, and plow, you know. Um, sorry that I took that analogy pretty far. <laughs> but I just mean... Like, if you don't have a biblical worldview of people <laughs> um, and you see people as antagonistic or idiots, then you ought to repent as well. Yes. And ask God for his heart for people so that you would see them the way that, that he has. Jesus dying for a people who hated him, um, that we would be more like that. And so I would I would hope and pray that if you're in that situation where you just don't ever think children are going to be a part of your life, that you would attempt to view, attempt to align your thoughts and your feelings with what God says about them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I, I know it, it's never easy to change the way that you naturally are inclined um but again i think that's why we're put in community to hold us accountable um so if you have a small group if you have people that you can talk to about this um go to your pastor go to your elders um and seek counsel so yeah i feel like i've talked a lot (laughs) I, i just have a lot of thoughts on this um and my views have changed you know, um, and I'm still just like, give me all the babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. You know, we are. Yeah, anyone who's listening, if you care to, if you care to know, we do want to have at least one more biological child. Um, but then from there, I don't, I don't know. Um, there are other kind of constraining factors. Um, you know, I, we only have one income right now and it's, it's from me and, uh, it's so that, that can be difficult is all that I'm saying. So again, I think there are legitimate reasons of why you don't want to, you, you don't want to have a dozen kids. (laughs) be driving around in a 15 passenger van all the time, you know, like, like I think there are 
legitimate reasons. But I'm saying that you ought to actually have those legitimate reasons. Well, I wouldn't say not wanting to drive around in a 15 passenger van no. would not be a legitimate no, reason to that's not, not have. <laughs> I'm sorry. In my mind, I'm still bridging over from finances. So I'm like <laughs> purchasing a 15 passenger van. Purchasing insurance or a 15 passenger van, purchasing gas for a 15 passenger van. Hey, like, if you have the money, multi- right? But we don't. If you do, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So, but, and that's what I mean is like, there are legit reasons, and you ought to have those reasons. You ought to know why you're not having children right now instead of just assuming, oh, not right now. Because I don't think that is scriptural to just assume. No, we're 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 done. We're not having kids. Yeah, um, and that's powerful. And this coming from a dude with two children, so uh, you know that really hit me like a ton of bricks. I've changed a lot since having two kids, <laughs> so I'm not saying it's easy to to come to to this place in life, but I believe it's what God says, and so I do want to follow Him. Do you have any additional thoughts on a biblical worldview of children? I mean, just throughout scripture, um, children are always, I mean, looked at in a good light. I mean, you know, it says that they're a blessing from the Lord. And also, like, if you go through... Every big story in scripture with a that has a married couple in it, like if they're barren, that woman is always, you know, pining after having children or, you know, like in scripture, having children is a very good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And I think, I mean, on the, the flip side of that is I think you can also idolize your children and oh, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'm. But for this discussion, yeah. that's not what. Yeah. No. 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 I'm not saying you you went that way at all. Uh, just sorry that had just come to mind is like I don't want this episode also to be like, um, children are always awesome and they'll never get on your nerves <laughs> and they're perfect and you know like no I, I no, no they are totally depraved. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's difficult to have children. I'm just encouraging i'm just trying to to give people a little push of like uh to kind of wake eh, no that sounds that sounds like a bit too much to wake people up that's that's not what i'm saying but i to to recognize the culture's influence on the way that you think yeah so that hopefully right so that hopefully we can think more biblically biblically instead of um just assume the same way that the rest of the culture around us does um yeah. So hopefully we've been, hopefully I've been convicting a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I know I would have been convicted like when we first got married, if I was confronted with this. Mm. So that's all I'm trying to say. But yeah, um, the book, The Accidental Feminist, I'd recommend it. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, there are some things that I, I don't necessarily need to go into a review, but like, yeah, there, there are some things that I could say like, not necessarily counterpoints, but I think there are ways that she could have like cleaned up the book a little bit. But overall, I think it was really good. Um, and it was challenging. Uh, guys out there, I think 
by studying womanhood, at least from this book, um, it has challenged me to be more of a man. <laughs> I know that's weird to say, but like men and women are very different and learning what a woman is looking for in a man or what a woman um, really needs to compliment her from a man is challenging. <laughs> uh, so it was good for me too, even just as a man being like, oh man, I need to be more of a man <laughs> <laughs> so that she can be more of a woman. We're complementari complementarians. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, anyways. So the, yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff. There's some stuff that I kind of just skimmed by and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Like there's a chapter on the way to view beauty and the way that you view, that women view their bodies. Mm. And I just like, like she made some good points, don't get me wrong, but it's also just kind of like, oh yeah, I, I've i never Can't really struggled relate to that. <laughs> with any of that. Like sure, I've wanted to be in better shape, but it, that I've never like, I don't know, had any kind of like, body dysphoria it yeah it's just not a thing i don't yeah whatever um so yeah even if it's not and it is written primarily for women because she addresses women uh multiple times but it was still it was still a good read i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah i did i'm going through it cur currently so how far are you um I pretty much just got past the part where she talks about having children. Okay, so. cool. So that's probably a bit more than halfway, if I remember correctly. Cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, man. You got any recommendations? Ugh. Sure. Um, just fellowship with other believers. So go talk to someone? <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know. All of y'all are probably just like, duh, but. All y'all. All y'all. Yes, I'm Texan. <laughs> duh. Anyways. Um, but I pretty recently have been very convicted um, to basically just be closer to the people that are in the church that I go to <laughs> like <laughs> yeah instead of you know talking to people on the internet so much like actually go and talk to the people that I'm supposedly a member of a congregation with like yeah, yeah. and it's been really good awesome getting involved in the women's ministry and Doing mops again. Mops. Mothers of preschoolers. Boom. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's awesome just to be with other believers, just fellowshipping and hanging out, praying for each other, and talking about life. And we definitely don't agree on everything theologically, but what? <laughs> But you should but only surround yourself with people who agree with you in every area <laughs> ever. But we're sisters in Christ. and Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, yeah, you have huge d 
disagreements. Your disagreements are on secondary issues. Yeah. That's what I mean to say. Yeah. And that, and those primary issues are what unify us. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's encouraging to experience that, that it's not just theoretical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's something that's definitely, that I have definitely been reminded of going through the um, foundations a series that we've been doing Sweet. that Brandon's been taking us through. Yeah. It's just like just coming back to the foundations of the faith and what we stand for as a church. <laughs> Sorry. I made Remember a reference. who you are and what you stand for. It's a reference to an obscure movie. <laughs> One of my very favorites. Yes. So good. Actually, you know what? Let's reco that. If you can find a copy of it somewhere, anywhere, I don't know where. Gentlemen Broncos. Yeah, it's by the same people who did um, Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. Yeah. This was like the next movie. So it's still that same kind of humor. Um, but it's, it's about so good. Kid, a homeschool kid who goes off to uh, like a, a science fiction writer's camp. Yeah. And, and he writes science fiction stories and it is, it's so. Well, it's, it's not just a sci-fi writer's camp. It's oh, just you're a, right. Yeah. Because the chick the girl writes romance books about novels. horses. Romance novels. Horse movies. Fantasies. <laughs> 83. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. No one understands so what we're talking good. about. Like, yeah, this makes me want to watch it right now. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is amazing. He plays. He oh plays. My <laughs> so there are bits throughout the movie where it, it tells the story that the main kid is writing, and he plays uh, this character who is like based on the main kid in the movie, his dad. But he's like basically like a Captain Kirk kind of character, uh, sort of like a Lone Ranger spaceman guy. Um, but he's played by Sam Surveillance Rockwell. Surveillance Stows. And he, I hate those. <laughs> he has like <laughs> this thick Southern accent most of the time. But then when his story gets rewritten for reasons in the plot, my dad's dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> See that out of context. <laughs> I can't even. I can't breathe right now. Oh my gosh, I love that movie so much. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Yeah, Gentleman Broncos. Check it out. And I, I I can guarantee you will either love it or hate it. So I can guarantee you will have a strong reaction. It's about as much as I can guarantee. And it all comes back to topical <laughs> ointments and strong reactions. Um, okay, so it's not a recommendation, but something that I had just um, written that I had forgotten about um, that I thought was pretty cool. Sorry. But you are just like, you're crying just, right now. I just keep because thinking it's so of funny. different scenes and just cracking up. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Compose yourself, Samantha. 
I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picturing the scene of the snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think I have some paper towel. <laughs> Some rat poison mixed with some of my poo. That's the exact thing that popped into my head next. Oh my god! You guys, okay, we might be building it up a little too much. Probably, (laughs) but we've also seen it like fifteen times. So uh, every time it it just gets funnier. The first time Uh, it's going to be very um, yeah awkward. Actually, I heard Jeff Durbin quote it on <gasps> Apologia. You're right. And, and I he have, spoke so highly yes, of it. Yes, and I have so much even more respect for him. <laughs> yeah. Because of that. So, okay. Uh. Oh, gosh, we're getting into it, aren't we? <laughs> when we had first seen it, it was because my brother had bought it because Blockbuster was right. shutting down. And they were selling off all their movies. And this movie was a Blockbuster exclusive. I don't know if that means that it's only ever been distributed through Blockbuster, but I know that w- at least when it first came out, it was exclusively available at Blockbuster, which means that it was very limited in in terms of just like getting it out there. So I assume that no one else has seen this movie, <laughs> even though it is like one of my favorite comedies. Um, So when he quoted it, I was just like, wait, <laughs> Is he really talking about? And then he actually said the name of the movie. And I was like, what? Someone else has seen it and someone else loves it. It's awesome. Yes, it's it exciting. is. It's a great movie. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's probably my favorite comedy, if I'm honest. Yeah. If you couldn't tell by my complete hysterical, like, obnoxiousness over here. Yep. So watch it and you'll you'll uh, understand our sense of humor. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so I just wanted to share an interesting little anecdote that I noticed. Um, you know, talking about kids, obviously, to have a kid, there needs to be dad. Yes. And with dad, with dads come dad jokes. Right, mm, mm-hmm. dad yeah. jokes are you usually are very good at those. Well, thank you. <laughs> Take great pride and joy in that. Um, usually, dad jokes are puns or some form of a pun, and which thankfully I love. Yes, puns, you do, and love I puns. love dad jokes. You know who else loves puns? Jesus. <laughs> I'm really? not joking. Okay. So Matthew 16, when Jesus is talking to Peter, right? We've all, we've all heard this, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Matthew 16, 18. Uh-huh. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What Jesus is saying here, like the Greek word, uh, Peter means rock. It means like little stone, right? And Jesus is saying, you're Peter, and I'm going to build my church uh, on this rock, I will build my church. So like you're a little stone, but the big stone um, is what I'm going to build my church on. So he he was using Peter's name as a pun. Like he was using the meaning of Peter's name and turning it so that he could see himself as a part of the church um, 
and and integrating that into what he was saying. So even Jesus enjoyed turns of phrase. Okay, even if turns it's not, of phrase. Even if it's not but a joke. But it wasn't joke. really a joke. It, no, okay. it's not a joke. Okay. That's what I, I thought you were trying to like bring that out of it. And oh, like, I, oh, I'm not, say that's a joke. Following. He was making fun of Peter. No, I'm not saying he was making fun of him. I'm just saying that Jesus used puns. Mm. And I think that's awesome. Mm. God definitely does have a sense of humor, though. Yeah. Because where, where is it? In in Genesis where, excuse me, um, he's talking to Sarah. Sarah had, like, laughed at the thought of her bearing a child in her old mm-hmm. age. And he asks Sarah why she laughed and he was like and she out of fear said no I didn't laugh and he goes no but you did laugh it's like I don't know I thought that was hilarious when I read that because God's just like no honey but you did laugh (laughs) you did (laughs) nice I thought it was funny yeah Awesome. Well, any uh, any parting thoughts before we sign off for the evening? No. All right. Another episode in the can. If you want to reach out, you know how to do it. Twitter, at so underscore talk to me. Uh, email, so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, guys. Yeah. Go talk to your spouse. Talk to someone. Have community. Have a good conversation. Go watch good comedy. Flippin' Diceus. Peace. (laughs) Turrets. (laughs) <laughs> oh my holy crap <laughs> it's a friendship stone it's a blow oh. on it <laughs> oh. I'm gonna have to like cut half this out oh my god! it makes no sense unless I wanna watch it so bad right now yeah me but too but it's like 11 o'clock is it really no I'm not gonna watch it oh dang it is pretty late <laughs> um is it a fancy pudding? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so good. It is. It it's is. just not believable. <laughs> that that's what he was quoting. Or at least that part anyway. Oh, you're right. Jeff was quoting. You're right. The is it Oh, he was making fun of someone's name. That's And then right. he quoted the part with... Anus. Anus. <laughs> or anus. <laughs> Bronlonius. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. You should just put that clip at the end of this episode. <laughs> just the whole thing. Just do it. Suckling my many teats <laughs> for the life-giving colostrum... <laughs> I thought that was funny before I even knew what colostrum was. (laughs) Oh my goodness.